Hello, you are welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel for yet another powerful, sobering, and inspiring word from God. Grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick Kaluluma from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Seven, and we are continuing with regards the kingdom and with regards your status and the stuff that I'll be sharing with you is very beneficial for life praise God maybe let me do a brief recap last week I talked about how um, with the kingdom of God it's possible to lose sight if you're not careful of what is important and risk your status in the kingdom. Very, very possible to do that. Very possible. You can just turn it on. I turned it on in advance. So it's very possible to do that. And uh, also, we identified how things on earth are not always a perfect reflection of how things are in heaven. You can be celebrated on earth, and then in heaven you're not even among the brothers. So you have to be really, really, really careful about that. These are things you must be concerned about. So we looked at some of the things that can affect your promotion in the kingdom. One of them we looked at is your forcefulness. And we identified the scripture that says, from the time of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. And as much as you can get energy and zeal from it, uh, in the context of spiritual warfare. The actual context is about your forcefulness towards the kingdom of God. Your zeal towards the kingdom of God. Praise God. And then we also looked at uh, the aspect of doing God's will. Because if you don't do God's will, and others are doing it, then definitely there will be a difference. And we looked at your fruitfulness in the context of how profitable are you to God. We looked at the gate you choose to enter through, the narrow gate or the wide gate. Then we looked at some of the things that can go wrong where somebody is doing well in the kingdom and then they go wrong. One of them we looked at was the failure to handle riches, especially if they have an increase in status. And we noted how an increase in status must actually make you more profitable to God. And we look at the second thing that can cause a believer who's walking right growing in the kingdom to stumble or to to be left behind and you can write it down having an unmovable heart praise god having an unmovable heart and i want you to see a certain kind of people being described by jesus uh, in Luke 7 verse 32 but maybe we can start from verse 31 and this portion of scripture will show you just how people's hearts can be unmoved praise God so Luke 7 and we'll start from verse 32 let's start from 31 Okay, and then for now we can, um, for the keyboard it's okay. Or if you're playing it very, very, very low. Sometimes you're playing, and then when I want to rebuke, I end up singing a melody. I end up singing hallelujah to the Lord. We haven't done that today. Okay, at the end of service, depending on how you take the message. Last time, last time I don't know what happened. After I was done preaching and uh, was supposed to sing, yeah, wake up, pala, pala. You are all looking so. <laughs> I understand. So Luke 7, and let's read verse 32. And on this part, I'll take some time. Reason being, this is something that can grossly affect uh, believers. So, and the Lord said, to what then shall I liken the men of this generation? And what are they like? 
They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We mourned you and you did not weep. Wait, that's, let's just stay there for a moment. Doesn't that get you thinking? Jesus is talking about people who, and he says, we played the flute for you, but you refused to dance. Even when we mourned for you, you refused to weep. Where is the challenge there? Their hearts. It means their hearts can't be moved. Their hearts can't be moved. And here is a manifestation of what happens when a person is in a place where their heart can be moved. One of the manifestations is their spirit becomes critical of everything. It could have come from a bad or it can even come from legitimate reasons. But that doesn't mean it can't defile you. But one of the signs is that you become critical of everything. That has to do with the things of God. Verse 33. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you said he has a demon. Okay, next. The son of man has come eating and drinking, and you say he's a glutton, a one-biber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. In short, come on. How do we please you? One guy comes and he's only eating grasshoppers and locusts and honey, and you say he's demon-possessed. Another one comes and he's mixing with everyone, and you say he's a glutton and a friend of sinners. More often than not, you must check to see if your heart has just stopped being moved by the things of God. And it manifests in being critical. Critical about everything. Can I give you a few examples? Okay. Guys, what's going on? Okay. I'll give you a few examples. So you come into service and uh, it's time for praise and worship. Your neighbor is really blessing the Lord with their dance in your mind. Obviously, these are my dance moves. Where did they learn them from? This is where they go. <laughs> your neighbor is stiff. This person didn't even praise God. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes you never know. You can find maybe that person just is not so well in their body. No, I, I, I know what I'm talking about. Somebody's giving a testimony. As in everything in your mind is it's not true. They're exaggerating. They just want to make the man of God and the church feel nice. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting my point. They testify about a financial breakthrough. After I lent them money two months ago. <laughs> I don't know. You know, you can get so critical about everything that you fail to notice that your heart has moved. Praise God. And usually, this happens when you are in a position where you see someone having what you once had and you admire it. I don't know if you're getting my point. Somehow, everyone else is just not doing it right. No one is preaching it well, unless you. I'm telling you, I, I, I've been preaching for some time. I've, I've, I don't know how many times people have told me I can't listen to you because you're young. And then there are so many old preachers they also don't listen to. So is it really the age, or has their heart just become stubborn? Because I'm not the only preacher. And that's why God will bring... Are preachers with variety. This one will be like this, that one will be like that, that one will be like that. So that, it was, so that he will say, we played the flute, you did not dance. We mourned for you, you did not weep. Praise God. So you must attend to your heart and ensure that your heart remains movable. There is a promise that God gave us. 
in Ezekiel chapter number 36 and verse 5 and verse 25. Let's read it. Chapter 25, please. Verse 25, please. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you'll be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Continue. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone and put a heart of flesh. Are you seeing that? Meaning a heart of stone is one that is cold. A heart of stone cannot be moved. But then a heart of flesh is one that God can move. But then we see from the scriptures that even after you are saved, if you don't attend to your heart, it can grow cold. If you don't attend to your heart, Satan can have access to it. Look at Acts 5 verse 3. Speaking to Ananias, who was a believer, probably filled with the Spirit. And yet the Bible says, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? As in the guy could not even be moved. Imagine, he could go directly and lie to God. And his heart was okay. Peter said, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? Have you noticed that Simon the sorcerer was probably better than Ananias? Can we see that? Let me show you. Verse 4. While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing? Where in your heart you've not lied to men but to God? Next verse. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. So it's in the time of grace. And the young man arose, the young men arose, and they simply carried him out and buried him. Next verse. Now, it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what has happened. And Peter answered her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you've agreed together? This is why you must also watch your companionships. Because you know, he says, how is it that you've agreed together to test the Spirit of God? Look, the feet of those who buried your husband are at the door to carry you out. And that's how she was buried. Verse 11. And great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And what was the result of this? Verse 12. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. Usually, when there's a fear of the Lord, signs and wonders increase. But I want us to compare with Simon the sorcerer in Acts chapter 8. Okay. Acts chapter 8. And verse 18, Simon the sorcerer sees that Peter is laying hands on people and they're receiving the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered money. This guy was born again, but his heart still had a problem. He was still thinking like a witch. That's why be careful. If your greatest inspiration... And your source of faith is you want to hear what a former Satanist has to say. Be careful. Sometimes they still think like witches. You're still thinking like a witch. Verse 19. And so he said, give me this power also. He offered money for it. That anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter, when he came, the Holy Spirit was not very friendly. You can tell by his reaction. Look at the next verse. Peter said to him, your money perish with you. <laughs> you should die with your money. Because you thought the gift of God could be purchased with money. Uh -huh. You have neither part nor portion in this matter. Why? For your heart is not right in the sight of God. Next verse. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness and pray, 
God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. Next verse. For I see, hey, I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. That was his trouble. Next verse. Then Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me that none of those things which you have spoken may come upon me. I liked the repentance. Anyways, maybe Ananias didn't have a chance. You know, it reminds me of... <laughs> I once experienced something really funny. Uh, we were praying for a certain couple. I was the usher. And so the man of God asked because they had been struggling to conceive. So he asked, what do you want? And they said, we want twins. And they said, okay, have you already thought of the names for them? And they replied, hey, umozi azakala ananias. Wina safira. Praise God. Okay, let's continue. So, your heart, you have to attend your heart. Attend to your heart. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And this is something that I would really advise because I want to show you a certain verse. Revelations chapter 3. And I want us to read... I want us to read from verse 15. Remember, I'm talking about ensuring that your heart is movable by God. Your heart must be movable. Don't take the things of God lightly. Your heart must be moved by the thought of eternity. Your heart must be moved by the thought of Jesus coming back today. Your heart might, must be moved by the thought that you'll stand before God and he'll ask, what did you do with these gifts I gave you? That we must never lose sight of. And so Jesus writes to a church. And the reason why we emphasize meetings like establishment class and all those meetings is because when I read Revelations, it scares me. Let me tell you what scares me about it. The fact that there were certain blessings and judgments that were pronounced on a church as a church. It wasn't even as individuals. That shows you that the churches had a culture. So you can actually develop a church culture. He wrote to separate churches. And he wrote separate things. And he identified certain things about their culture. That's why some people may reap a reward simply because of which ministry they were in. Now, that's a punishment. So now, verse 15. <laughs> the Bible says, I know your works. He's talking to an entire church. That you are neither cold nor hot. And I wish you could be cold or hot. Uh -huh. So then, because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. Uh -huh. And because you say, I am rich and I've become very wealthy. You see why their trouble came in? And have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, you are miserable, you are poor, you are blind, you are naked. My friend, if Jesus tells you that, <laughs> he must be really angry. Next verse. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich. And observe, he says, buy from me. And when he uses the word buy, we've seen in other scriptures, he says, come, buy without money. Meaning there's something else that you buy with. You buy with value. Right? So like by sitting down and paying attention to the word, you're showing value. So it says, buy from me gold refined by fire that you may be rich. White garments that you may be clothed. That the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eyes of that you may see. Next verse. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. The next verse is very common, but I just wanted us to see the context. Verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into him and dine with him and he with me. Here is what scares me 
most about this scripture. He wasn't writing that to sinners. He was writing that to believers. So meaning, <laughs> it's interesting, eh? You know how the Bible says, guard your heart. If you're not careful, you can be guarding your heart from the very Lord Jesus. Why would the Lord Jesus need to knock at the door of a believer? And observe, he's talking not even about salvation. He says, I'll come in and dine. He's talking about fellowship. He's talking about that rich aspect of fellowship. So we must attend to our hearts. It can cause kingdom promotion and demotion. You might be amazed to find a nine-year-old is regarded highly in the kingdom of God, and they are not because of their heart towards God. Because for them, there is just a way when they sing, Jesus loves me, this I know. Their heart is moved. Whereas, you may have come to a place where your heart is unmovable. Don't let that happen to you. Say, I've got a heart of flesh. God easily moves me. Say, the things of the kingdom move me. Say, I rejoice with the things of God. Praise the Lord. Let me show you someone who had a very movable heart towards the things of God. Psalm 63. And verse 1. I hope this is the one that starts with the... Can you try the King James Version? I want to see if it starts with the... Okay. It's okay, you can go back to New, New King James. Now, David wrote this psalm when he was in the desert. He was being pursued by... I think that's the time he was being pursued by his son, right? Okay, we've read... The book of Samuel, right? Do you remember that son of David? What was his name? Absalom? I remember when Absalom started doing... Absalom used... I'm taking, you can learn serious leadership principles from the Absalom story. There are so many leadership principles I learned from that one. Here's the part that I found funny. David gave Absalom too much of a voice. Absalom had too much access to the people. So what happened is Absalom would sit... And when the people would come for judgments, he would make David look bad and himself look good. That's why even they set up like this one. Be careful with people who may speak ill of your leader or of your pastor and tell you you can use them instead. I don't know if you're getting my point. No, be careful with such. And then, furthermore, when it comes to Absalom, he ended up being convinced and he started pursuing David and wanted to kill David. And so David runs away to the desert. And while he's in the desert, David has got a million things to be concerned about. He's about to lose his throne. He's practically experienced a coup d'etat. Um, he's alone. Probably just with a few of his loyal people. And some of the people he trusted had betrayed him. They were even the ones giving counsel to Absalom. That's when he prayed, let their counsel be turned to foolishness. But nevertheless, he's got a million problems. But look at the biggest one he cites, woe in the desert. He says, oh God, you're my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. What? You should be thirsting for water right now. He says, my flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So he's in a land where there is no water, but his soul is really thirsting for God. Next verse. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Uh huh. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Let's go on. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. Uh huh. My soul shall be satisfied with the marrow and fatness. He must have been hungry. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Next verse. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Sometimes you just fail to sleep because you're just thinking of God. And look at what he was meditating on. Uh -huh. Because you've been my help. Hey, therefore in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. 
But those who seek my life to destroy it, you're going to the lower parts of the earth. The guy knew how to add on. You know what I mean? Like, like Lord, I love you. I love you. Deal with that one. <laughs> they shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. The guy knew how to. <laughs> Somebody say glory to God. <laughs> but don't you find it amazing that that's what he was longing for? He was remembering, I remember I would go to the sanctuary. I would go to the sanctuary. And that's why he wrote some psalms. Never lose that heart for God. Never lose that hunger. There was someone I was talking to on Wednesday. I was asking them how they say coming to this church. And so she was telling me, the person who invited her would go knock at the boarding house, uh, at the door, and... Uh, she pretend she can't hear. Then one day she came. Her words, see, they made me go pray. Her words were, I've now just developed this hunger. Like, I'm just so hungry for God. I asked myself, am I that hungry? <laughs> no, I was very honest. With Praise God. I went back to pray, saying, hey. <laughs> Somebody say glory to God. If we are talking of the most hungry people for God in this church, are you among them? If we are speaking of the most zealous among us, are you among them? Become a zealot. I don't know if you're getting my point. Just never allow, never allow your heart. And if you're in a place where maybe you just got saved and you're manifesting so much zeal, don't allow anyone to discourage you. Sometimes the one who discourages the younger prophet is the older one. Sometimes it's the older prophet who discourages the younger prophet. Ah, we were also zealous like you. Hey. <laughs> Don't look unto them. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Praise God. Hey. Say, my heart is moved. My heart is movable. Say, I've got a heart of flesh. Say, I participate in the kingdom. Number three. Another thing that can affect you in terms of status in the kingdom. Comparison. Comparison. Now, comparison in this context, there are often times that people who've missed out because they are offended by what God is doing in another person's life. And I'm going to show you a verse. Matthew chapter number 20. From verse... Let's start from verse 1 and then we'll see where we can go. Don't be offended by what God is doing in another person's life. Choose to be inspired instead. And observe, he's talking about the kingdom. And he says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. His vineyard. So the kingdom of God is work. He went to hire what? Laborers. For what? His vineyard. Let's continue. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. So let's just agree on a figure. What would we call a denarius for today? What amount of money? 1,000. Hey! Is that what your mind is thinking? Surely. <laughs> I expected a bigger amount. Uh -huh. What amount can we call a denarius just for today? $1,000. $10,000. Okay, fine. Let's call it $10,000 for today. I'm not saying that's an accurate figure, by the way. Now, when... He had agreed with the laborers for $10,000 a day. He sent them into his vineyard. Uh -huh. Now when he had and he went about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. Jesus doesn't want people idle. Uh -huh. And said to them, you also got the vineyard. Whatever is right, I'll give you. So they went. Again, he went about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went about and found others standing idle and said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? 
Uh-huh. That's one hour to go. Go on. They say to him, because no one heard us, he said to them, you can also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right you will receive. Uh-huh. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to the steward, call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning from the last to the first. Uh-huh. And when those who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received the same denarius, the same 10,000 that we're talking about. Uh-huh. And when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. And likewise, they each a denarius. Uh-huh. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner. Suddenly he was a bad person. Why? Saying, these last men have worked only one hour. <laughs> and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered and said, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? <laughs> anyway, Jesus is a master businessman. <laughs> he says, did you not agree with me for a denarius? Next verse. Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give the last man the same as you. You know, how God works can be very interesting. Find your testimonies that you did seven years prayer and fasting for the anointing to heal the sick. And you turn on the TV and you find a man of God with tattoos all over his body. Who got saved in a nightclub? He heard the Lord say, my son, Go and preach the gospel. And he goes to have a meeting and 5,000 people attend. <laughs> and miracles start happening. And the first thing you say is, that is not God. Hey, the challenge with that, the challenge with that is that you're bordering around areas where Jesus rebuked the Pharisees. Where they knew it was God and they said it was the devil. He said, be careful, you might blaspheme the Holy Spirit. That's why sometimes when you're not sure. But that's just the way God works. And you can get offended. And it's like when you're driving. If you keep... I remember one time I was driving. And then something very interesting was happening. I don't know whether it was a fight. I don't know why my eyes were intrigued. And I was in traffic so I could watch. Suddenly, the traffic finished. I had to drive in front. If I continued driving like that, what would have happened? The car starts going like this. In short, you'll struggle with direction if your eyes are too busy looking everywhere else. <laughs> Praise God. You will struggle with direction in that sense. That's just the way God works. And so in the kingdom, be uplifted when you see another person rise. Because your faith can actually mutually help each other. You may find people you mentor one day become your pastor. It happens. That's just the way the kingdom of God works. And so avoid the offense of comparison. Another thing you must avoid is envying sinners. In case you've ever been at a place where you've envied a sinner, you're not the first one. Let me show you. Psalms 73. And verse 2. David says something very interesting. He says, but as for me, my feet had almost stumbled and my steps had nearly slipped. So the guy is saying, I almost fell. And then he gives the reason why he almost fell. Next verse. For I was envious. Of the boastful, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, he almost fell because he was looking at the wicked and he was envious of them. And he was envious of their prosperity. Ah, he began to describe all the way up to verse 12. Let's read from verse 12. He keeps describing and describing. And in verse 12, he says, Behold, these are the ungodly who are always at ease and they increase in riches. Who's ever felt like that? I'm feeling shy to lift my hand. <laughs> You've never gotten offended. Some guy does some funny song. 
calling ladies sexual objects. Uko. He's driving any car he wants. Then you're interacting with a few ants here and there. <laughs> Next first. Surely. And then look. And then look at the position David was in. He found himself saying, Surely I've cleansed my heart in vain. I, I actually thought it's better I share this scripture because, you know, sometimes in church, if we're not careful, we can end up not being real and really attacking matters of the heart. But there are times we feel like this. Like, surely I've cleansed my heart in vain. Me who's praying and fasting, Lord, I got a C plus. I barely made it. Like a guy. <laughs> Just showed up. And he says, surely I've cleansed my heart in vain. And washed my hands in process. Uh-huh. Next verse. For all day long, he says, I've been plagued and chastened every morning. Uh-huh. If I had said, I will speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. When I thought of how to understand this, it was too painful for me. That's what David says. Next verse. Until I went into the sanctuary of God. And I understood their end. <laughs> I remember when I was in, I think that was 2010, I was trying to lead someone to the Lord. And they told me, ah, me, I don't want to come to Christ. He, I, I would just rather be in the middle because, you know, I don't want Satan to like be angry at me. And they like, I've heard that <laughs> you guys were Christians. You get so many attacks. First, some, some people heard the wrong Christians, you know. Sometimes Christians should be careful what we talk about in public. You're in class the entire time. Ha! Then there was this attack I had. Then you're scaring people away from the gospel. So the person came to me and said, uh, okay, fine. Then why should I come? So that I should also start receiving the attacks you get. So I... <laughs> I remember what I answered. I'm like, ah. It's not like I answer penalties or corner kicks or anything like that. No, no, no. I just humbly said that I know the devil doesn't attack those who are his. <laughs> That's what I humbly. <laughs> so I humbly said that <laughs> with all humility. <laughs> In my heart, I was kneeling down. <laughs> okay, guys, I was 15. Come on. <laughs> Interestingly, the next day I got a text. The person says, I went to pray. I said, okay, God, if you are real. And then the lights in the room say, going off, on, off, on. And, ah, no. <laughs> Lead me to Christ. But nevertheless, um, praise God. You really have to be careful on this end. I remember when I got saved, I thought all the worldly people were having fun. And me, I was just there living a holy life and carrying my cross. All the whole world is enjoying themselves. Praise God. And every now and then I would try to, you know, I, 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 you know having a strict, uh, a strict mother, every now and then would ask for things like, no, you know, can't we just go New Year's Eve, can we just go to Arcades? It's not like anything will happen. We just want to watch fireworks. No. We're going for crossover. <laughs> crossover to go and sleep. <laughs> Praise God. And you know, you go for crossover and you're tired. And you feel you've prayed enough. And the pastor has crossed you over and left. Then after and you you can't go anywhere. Then at zero, brother comes on stage. Chosanim bando, chosanim bando, manjet is a pembela. And you're like, and if he's a zealous brother, he starts you from the first intercession for forgiveness of sins, which you are already doing around twenty-one. <laughs> Praise God. But I'm just saying it's very easy sometimes to admire that. But 
if you are to see it from the divine perspective, you will actually start praying for their salvation. The day you realize no one will go with a house up there. That's scary. Like you can't bribe your way in. Let's look at this. So, let's start from the verse before, just for context. When I thought how to understand this, it was painful for me. Uh huh. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. Surely you have set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. Oh, how they are brought to desolation in a moment, as in a moment. They are utterly consumed with terrors. And as a dream when one awakes, so Lord, when you awake, you shall despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was vexed in my mind. This time I was his heart grieved. The next verse. Because I was so foolish and ignorant. He begins to repent, and he begins to, when you go through the verses, he starts repenting because he realizes how ignorant he had been to be admiring those of the world instead of saving them. Don't do that. Don't be like Lot's wife. Praise God. Let me show you a verse. How many of you have read the story of Lot? How many of you were part of the establishment class on... We'll go to Luke 17, verse 30. During establishment class, I explained that you won't understand the New Testament properly if you don't read the Old Testament. And I gave you examples, like this one. Luke 17 from verse 30. Let's start from verse 28, maybe, for context. I just want us to see something. eh? Likewise, it was also in the days of Lot. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sowed, they planted, they built. Praise God. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them. How many of you can tell? By the way, that doesn't mean Lot was living on the street. He actually had a house. Praise God. Yeah, Lot actually had a house in the same place. So we're not trying to say now, don't buy, don't plant. But just remember that whatever it is, it's just for now. You're going to leave it behind. And when Lot came out, he didn't come out with any of the possessions. And the day Lot came out, trust me, the day the church is released from this earth, in case they think they've seen calamity. Verse 30. Even so it will be when the Son of Man is revealed. Uh In that day, he who is on the housetop and his goods are in the house, let him not come down to take them away. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. (laughs) Praise God. Imagine, it literally says, remember Lot's wife. This way, if you've not read the Old Testament, you'll struggle with the New Testament. Because it's saying you remember Lot's wife. Blank, no idea. Don't even know who Lot is. So it says, remember Lot's wife. What did Lot's wife do? She turned and looked back. And what happened? She became the very thing she was looking at. She became a pillar of salt. Praise God. So never come to a place. If you ever come to it, get scared. And do something about it. Why you start saying, ah, if I was just in the world... If I was still in the world, at least I would have done that or I would have made money like that or I would have done this like that. Don't! don't it's sca- that's a scary place. Remember Lord's wife. Remember her. 
Don't look back at that which will be destroyed by fire. Remember Lord's wife. Praise God. Do I have time for the third one? Hey, are you that hungry? Okay, one last one for today. Circumstances, how you handle circumstances. If you've noticed, all the points that I'm pointing out today are still pointing to the position of the heart. But generally, how you handle circumstances can have a huge bearing on how, how much you make progress in the kingdom. Okay? John 16 and verse 33. The Lord Jesus gives a prophecy about us. And he says, These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have come the world. So the world you will have trials. The trial that you have right now is not the last one you ever have. Hey, why isn't anyone saying Kokole It's not the last one. Who's that wonderful soul who gave me a yes, Pastor? I need to just pray for them just to, to have blessings in their lives. Even when Jesus talked about uh, the aspect of persecution, no, the aspect when the disciple says we've left everything for you, to follow you. Don't you remember he said there's no one who's left this, 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 and this who will not receive tenfold. Then he says with persecution. <laughs> so it's not the last time you have trials. Okay, let me not go Lenipo on that part. But one thing is for sure. We may be in this position like this here at church, but the fact is the heart during times of trials, can go its own direction. Number one, I don't know if you've observed how problems score each other. Let me explain. Everything was fine. Everything was fine. And then you are walking in the street and your phone fell down and cracked. Wow! <laughs> And so, you know, your phone fell down and cracked, and you realize how much it will cost you. At that very moment, you suddenly remember, God, you're not fair. Even the other day, and then there was that exam, and then even at work, and then that, like, suddenly you're thinking of 15 things at the same time, which you are not thinking about. Had the phone not cracked, all those other things you wouldn't have cared about. Even things you had settled in your heart already. And you remember that one who you forgave, text them again. <laughs> Let's be honest, the heart. And you wouldn't be the first one. Look at David. In Psalm 77 and verse 6. Tell me if you've ever felt like this. I love reading the Psalms because they expose their heart for how it can be. And they show you how much God has to deal with. It says, I caught remembrance. <laughs> When you realize how much God has to deal with, you end up lifting your hands and saying, you are God alone. <laughs> hey, okay. I caught to remembrance my song in the night. I meditate within my heart and my spirit makes diligent search. What was the position of his heart at this time? Uh-huh. Next verse. Will the Lord cast off forever? Will he be favorable no more? Uh-huh. Has his mercy ceased forever? Has his promise failed forevermore? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Am I the only one whose heart has ever gone that direction before? Ah, it has. <laughs> I remember one time feeling like, you know what? Me, when I get to heaven, I'm not even talking to you. Like I'll just bypass the throne and go sit in the court. <laughs> hey! <laughs> when I think about those days, I'm like, God. And then you still decided to use me. 
But I mean, circumstances can put you in a position where you feel you are, where you question God. They can. And so the guy is questioning God, saying, ah, God, why are you mercy and grace? <laughs> Have you forgotten that side of you? <laughs> Have you forgotten this scripture? <laughs> Has he in anger shut up his tender mercies? Next verse. And in such moments, sermons can even offend you. Testimonies can offend you. Like you deliberately start missing testimony sessions. Because the same guy is always testifying. Always. And you're more prayerful than him. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting my point. And if I come and minister and say, you're in a season of wholeness. Everything about you is whole. <laughs> Be real. A Christian has joy that has no bounds. You are joyful 24 7. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, This is my anguish. But then he made a decision. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. He used the gift of remembrance. I'll remember the works of the Lord. Surely. I'll remember the wonders of old. Now, I want you to see how it changes. He starts by saying, okay, fine. I'll remember what he used to do. I'll remember those things. I, I, sometimes you start remembering, okay. After all, he still managed to save me at this point. He managed to do this. He managed to do this. Right? So he's remembering the wonders of old. But then it progresses from there. I will also meditate on your work and talk of your deeds. What has happened? He's moved from the old to the now. From the old to the now. So it starts from a place of but you, but you used to, you used to, you used to. Then suddenly, you're no longer just glorifying the God who was. But then you get revelation of the God who is. And we see his mighty works. So circumstances have got the potential to mess everything up if we allow them. And that's why you'll see when we go to more scriptures next week. We've got a lot more scriptures, by the way. You'll see when we go to more scriptures next week that you must set Christ apart in your heart. Let him be in the Holy of Holies where no one is allowed to enter. No human being must be able to enter that place. Maybe that's why the Holy of Holies was in the innermost part. Set him apart in your heart. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's still a lot more where that came from. And the aim of this part, I don't know. Um, for me, this is one of those sermons I had to wake up to meditate and then check yourself first. Like, mm. But whenever God brings sermons like this, then he's preparing us for something bigger. Imagine twice, if, if God emphasizes how you must handle riches, I don't know, me, that message was for me. <laughs> I was screaming the loudest, Apopene. <laughs> Similarly, if God emphasizes how we must handle challenges, then we must prepare for them. But here's the thing, don't be discouraged when you hear of challenges. Because we are told of a kind of people who won't know when heat comes because of where they've been planted. Praise God. Praise God. I want to take a moment just to pray for you. Do you mind? Uh, but just before that, quickly, I would like to ask, is there anyone here who's saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to the Lord. I want to be part of the kingdom. And if you're in a position where you've backslidden, it's an opportunity also to be restored. 
Because the Bible says, make your election sure. I wouldn't advise you to remain in your seats if you're not sure of your salvation. It's just not worth it. I would rather go and verify. Don't be like me who when I was a student, I never used to go for those clearance things. You're better off verifying. Those who've raised their hands, those who are joining us in the kingdom, or perhaps even those who are being restored, you can still raise your hands. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you came in the flesh. You died. You were buried. And you rose again. I confess you as my Lord from this day forth. Keep your hands lifted in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Be filled with the Spirit. I remember the Lord told me that the moment you start teaching on the kingdom, the level of power will go up in ministry. Now, I just want to appeal to someone's faith here. If there is somebody who's saying, Lord, there is this situation, it doesn't even have to be a problem. It can be something you're supposed to advance to. And you know it needs the power of God. I want to take a moment to pray for you. I want to take a moment to pray for you, okay? So from your seats, or you can stand, it's up to you. I want, but I want you to lift your hands. I just want to take a moment to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I have taught about the kingdom of God. And yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. That power that makes changes in people's lives. Now in Jesus' name, I release the power of God to work in their lives. I release the power of God to work. For some, the power of God will manifest as favor. For some, the power of God For some, the power of God will manifest as favor. I decree and declare in Jesus' name. The power of God invades your life. Situations are being sorted out. Situations are being sorted out. In Jesus' name. Anyone that came with a sickness, I stand as a man of God. I command that sickness now. Go! 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 In Jesus' name. Anyone that came needing favor from man, where you just need to be favored, it could be in employment, it could be in business, I release the power of God now. You are testifying. Jesus name if you've been struggling with pain on your neck pain on your neck there's a healing touch from the Lord for you now just move it the way you are struggling you are struggling to move it move it the healing power has hit you now Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Yeah. I see in the spirit someone breathing a sigh of relief. I see someone breathing a sigh of relief. And I speak over you, may rest come to your life. Jesus name. Praise the Lord. Come and give the Lord a hand in the house.
a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on the City of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.